Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. The Bible says, be not ignorant of his devices, lest he should take advantage of you. So today we are going to look a little bit at what those devices are. So now what is a device? A device is a trap. So the enemy seeks to trap, like an animal would not knowingly be trapped, right? If it knew this is a trap, it will definitely avoid it. <laughs> so, but the enemy, he has set up devices, he sets up traps, he sets up ways in which to trick us, right? Because remember now with Adam and Eve, when Satan in the garden, he spoke, he says, first of all, he says that, let me read you John 3, I mean, sorry, Galatians 3, 1, it says, now the serpent was more subtle. Subtle, what does that mean? It means that he was uh, sort of elusive, cunning, crafty, sly, artful, but in a negative manner, right? So he was more subtle than all the animals in the garden. And he said to the woman, Yea, has God said? Did God say that? Are you sure? Is it really what he said? Do you sure he meant that? Is that what he said? Right? So, what did he do? He, caught, he cast, the first thing he did was to cast doubt on the word of God. Right? Are you sure God, did God say that? Are you sure? Why do you know? How do you know? Remember, Eve had only heard secondhand, right? She wasn't there when God told Adam, but she, but she knew, right? So, now, so one of the tricks that he uses is that he wants to sow division. Now, he could not come in and overpower Adam and Eve in the garden. He could not come in and force them to do his work because all Adam would have needed to do was to speak the word. All authority was given to Adam. He would have just had to say, I rebuke you, you stop that now. And it would be finished, right? So he had to trick his way in. He had to deceive. So he deceived Eve. He made Eve think, there's something better. God is holding something back from you. But if you will just do this or that, you will gain. He made her think that there was something that she could gain by disobeying God and doing things her own way. So this is now, so the enemy sought to sow division between God and man, right? Like, don't listen, for example, division between Philip and I would be somebody coming in and say, don't listen to what Philip said. What does Philip know? Who is he anyway? He's just a man, right? That would sow division because now I begin to doubt Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't just listen to what he says. Maybe he, he just doesn't know, right? 
So the enemy comes in to sow division, and that is something that he very actively does also today. Like, he doesn't have any new tricks. Whatever he did then, it's the same he does today. So we need to wise up so we don't, like it says, lest Satan should take advantage of you. Amen? We don't want to be taken advantage of. Amen? Amen. So as I said, he needed Eve, Adam and Eve to cooperate of their own free will. So he used the tactic of persuasion. So he got them. They took, they eat. He didn't cram it down their throats. They took it. They ate it. Amen? Yeah. But because he had planted thoughts of doubt in their mind. Now, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you, that you shall be no priest to me. So in other words, let's concentrate on the first part. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Do you know that at least 10 times or more in the epistles, in the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, he spoke about, I would not that you be ignorant of, and then he spoke what they must not, we must not be ignorant of. But lack of knowledge is the same as ignorance. So the enemy takes advantage of our ignorance. That's why we come here and study. We don't come here that God may love us more. He already loves us to the utmost. All, with all of his love, he loves us. Yeah. Amen? We come that we may wise up against the devices of the enemy, so we will not be taken advantage of. That's our goal. Amen? Amen. But the, sadly, it says that we are destroyed for lack of knowledge, but it says that we reject knowledge. Do you know that many times we would rather do something other than get in the world? Ah, go to church today. It's a beautiful beach day. Mm. Ah, you mean pray? I don't really. I wanted a cup of tea. I don't really want to pray right now. And so on and so forth. And the time is gone. Amen? Mm. The time is gone. If we really want to be strong in the Lord, we need to prioritize our time with the Lord. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of your lips. I have esteemed the words of your mouth more, more than my necessary food and drink, right? So it's not that we have to do this. God is not making us. But if we want for our own sake, we must. Amen? Amen. And the verse that I've been quoting, it's 2 Corinthians 2.11, that says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The Apostle Paul was not ignorant of his devices. He saw through the schemes of the enemy. The enemy plans very craftfully and skillfully, but when we are in the right spirit, when we are one with the Lord, when we have the knowledge of his word, we'll be able to see through it, see where it leads to, and avoid it. Amen? 
Now, it says here, I want to read 2 Peter 3.16. 2 Peter 3.16. Second Peter 3.16 says, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. And this is now the part that I want us to focus on. Which say that are unlearned and unstable rest. Another word for rest is to twist. Rest <clears throat> unto their own destruction. So, in other words, we really need to learn how to study the word. We need to learn to read the scriptures in context. Because if we don't, if we are unlearned, we can take a scripture completely out of context. Do you know the guy that prayed, right? He said, oh Lord, uh, show me what to do. Dada Lord, give me a scripture. He opens his Bible and he says, Judas went and hanged himself. He said, oh no, 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 this time really speak to me. And then he got, go and do thou likewise. That's twisting the scripture to your own understanding, right? So when we, we cannot just take a scripture out of context, we need to, to read what came before and what came after and understand what message was the writer actually seeking to portray to the people. We cannot just take one scripture and make a whole doctrine on that, our own doctrine. We will twist that word to our own destruction if we do that. That's why we need to study to show ourselves approved. We need to really study the word. We really need to get into it so that we can not be ignorant and so we can really have the right understanding. Amen? <clears throat> so, what are the devil's devices designed to do? I just think I said it. Anyone want to answer me? Trap, to set a trap, to trap us. Very good. What else? I mean, it's all traps, but... Say again? To cast out anything else? I gave an example between me and Philip, for example. Bring the vision. Bring the vision, exactly. So these are some of the things that we need to be aware of, right? Yes, honey? Oh, oh no, you, you looked like you were going to say something. All right. So now I also want to, I'm going to read you now Ephesians 4, 28 and 29. But I want us to see how the enemy seeks to gain entrance into our lives through our actions and through our communication, the way we communicate. So we are looking at Ephesians 4, 28 and 29. So it says here, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. Like we know that stealing 
Who is it that came to steal, kill, and destroy? The devil. If he tempts us to steal, he's actually tempting us to come out of the spirit into his realm and let him do his dirty work through us. That's never going to bear good fruit. Amen? Amen. And then it goes on to say, um, okay, was that both of those? Was it 28 and 29? Can you read 29 for me, please? Do you have it? Okay, either one. Uh, 29. 29, yeah. <clears throat> Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Oh, yeah, and now I found my place. Let no corrupt communication. Mm. What is corrupt communication? Any suggestion? What would be corrupt communication? Sorry? If you're not nice, if you don't speak nice words. Yeah. So, speaking doubt, speaking unbelief, gossiping, swearing, cursing, uh, but even like, you know, communication also means to convey information. If I give a wrong idea or picture of who God is, that's corrupt. That's no good. So it's not only swearing, cursing, uh, doubting. It's also, what am I communicating? Lies. 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 Yeah, that's another. That's another. So all of these things, if we give ourselves to those things, we are opening ourselves up to the enemy. We are giving him entrance because words are spirit, right? So what spirit am I yielding to? If I lie and curse and swear and so on and so forth, I'm, I'm yielding myself, opening myself up to the enemy. I may not realize where that the end of the road leads to, but that is what the enemy he uses that, for example, a lie. You might feel afraid to tell the truth because you blew it. So you might feel tempted to, but you know that one lie never stands alone. One lie leads to another lie, leads to another lie. It's like a, a spider web. It never ends if you really want to cover up, right? Better just to be bold and truthful right off the bat. So these are devices of the enemy he likes to come in through our actions and through our speech. But now that we are not ignorant, we no longer see that as just a small thing. We see, you know, have you, do you know what a wedge is? You know when carpenters, I assume, they use like a wooden wedge. It looks like a triangle. But they use it to, I don't know, break crack wood, wood, crack wood. Open. So they put the tip of it into the little crack that they want to break open, and then they hammer in on it. So sometimes that one little thing, ah, it's just a little, some call it a white lie. But I'm sorry, all lies are black. All lies are straight from hell. Oh, one little white lie won't hurt. But then that goes on, and the, 
enemy will hammer it in. He won't let you get away from it until he can crack you. Remember his goal? Kill, steal, and destroy. Mm. Kill, steal, and destroy. And he is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but so is the enemy. Amen? You have to bring what? Life. Jesus came to bring life, yeah. But now we are talking about that wedge that it seems like kind of innocent. Ah, I'll just snitch one apple. And then, oh, I got away with one apple. Maybe next time I can try it for two apples, you know? So let's not, let's not be ignorant of the enemy's devices, lest he should take advantage of us. Amen? Let's not. Let's be wise. Let's be totally on guard. It says in Ephesians, though, yeah, 4:27. Neither give place to the devil. Don't let him get his nose in. Not one little thing. You realize one little thing. Stop it then and there. You know, um, someone spoke once about having a baby snake as a pet. Oh, he's cute. Look how he crawls on me. He's up, he's down. I sleep with him. But you know what? The problem is that the snake is going to grow up. He is going to be big one day. And the snake is a snake and will always be a snake. And one day, he might be probably. Amen? Don't play with snakes. Even if you think you can handle it. Don't play. It says, can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned? There's no small things. It's not just a little thing. It's either right or wrong. Nothing short of right is right. And what's not right is wrong. Amen? Amen. So I am speaking like this because I believe (coughs) the Lord wanted me to warn us all, let's be on God. It's our life, our success in life that's at stake. Amen? Amen. And in James 3.16, it says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. You know how easy it is to argue? Oh no, I'm right. I'm just wrong. You're just wrong. And then you it just builds, right? But it says where strife is, there's en- where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Do you know that the enemy has even very sadly managed to infiltrate many churches with envy? Why am I not this one? Or why? Is she that one? Why not me? Comparing themselves by themselves, they being not wise. That's another thing. The enemy always tries to make you feel somewhat belittled or not good enough or not uh, recognized enough or whatever, whatever. But you know, the only way he can do that is when we are not secure in our identity in Jesus Christ. When you truly know who you are in Christ, mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor, then all these comparisons doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If I have peace in my heart, 
that I am doing what God called me to do, then that is all I need to know. Then I'm just thankful that everybody else is doing everything else because I also benefit from all of that. Amen? But I don't, thankfully, I don't have to be the one to do everything. But we just have to be careful that we don't feel not accepted, not recognized, not valued, not whatever but all, depending on what we do. Because if it is dependent on what we do, it's dependent on our performance. Mm. And then we begin to compete with others, get jealous, get envious. Mm. And that is a trap of the enemy. Amen? Amen. Now in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, there's a long list of the works of the of the flesh. I don't know that we need to go there, but if, uh, maybe, okay, maybe I'll just read it. Okay. So it says now in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication. So if we give ourselves to any of these kind of works, we are actually giving over to the enemy. We are becoming servants. Don't you know to him you yield yourselves, his servants you are. Mm. So if we yield ourselves to do any of these things, we are actually serving the enemy. So it was adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you're born again, it doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. But we can inherit the kingdom of God right here and now. Amen. We can be overcomers, we can be triumphant, we can be uh, more than conquerors in this life. But if we behave like that, we're not going to have any of that in this life. We're going to be trapped by the enemy. Amen? Amen. So you might think, oh my goodness, so many things to be on guard against. I mean, we just have talked about so many things and such a long list, right? So you might feel, at this point, you might feel overwhelmed, like, oh my goodness, I don't want to even think about it, because this is overwhelming, right? But so if that, I want you to take comfort in this. Uh, did you know that you cannot do anything without first thinking about it? Any action you do, you have thought about it first. So now... We can boil it all down. I don't have to look out for these hundred or thousand and one things to not do them. I have to guard my heart and mind. I have to watch my thoughts. I have to renew my mind. So basically, uh, all I have to do is monitor my thoughts. What am I thinking, right? So you know that the enemy, he does not show up with a black cloak and a pitchfork 
reforms. No. He's like, he comes into your mind. Your, bad, your mind is his battlefield. And that's why we must guard our thoughts. Amen? Because he's sly, so he's not obvious. If he would come obvious, we would know. We would absolutely not go for it, but he comes in a sly manner to where we might not even realize it. Amen? Amen. So 2 Corinthians 10, no, yeah, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, um, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, imaginations, that's where he works, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, like pride, that's where he works, and bringing into captivity, captivity every thought. We don't leave one little room for one little wedge to get in, right? But bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, we have to learn to use our, our weapons skillfully, and we have to wise up through the word of God to the enemy's devices so that we won't be taken care of, right? So now, I want you to think about gladiators. Have you ever seen movies with gladiators? Where do they fight? They fight in what we call an arena, right? So now, remember before I said, when we are born again, it's like we've been given access to a plane, to a new realm we can rise above. But when you are born again, it's also like you get to choose the arena in which to fight. Say there are two arenas. One is the natural, or what we call the mental, your mind. The mental arena, right? Where you get in and you fight with your bare hands. Can you stand up for a minute, JB? Now let's look at JB. Say JB, say over here, there's another arena. Now in this arena, Jesus Christ himself is my coach. He leads me, he guides me. He gives me a complete armor, helmet, breastplate, my feet shot. I get a shield, I get a shot to a sword. This is now the spiritual arena, right? So now, here comes the enemy. I am innocently on my way. Here he comes attacking me. Now, my first reaction might just be to fight here. Uh, no, I'm not going to think. That's not true. But, you know, am I going to win? If I fight the enemy on his playing field, in the natural, will I win? No. No doubt I will lose. If I would win, why did Jesus have to come and die? But he said, you just call on my name. Jesus, shock. And then, Holy Spirit, and the word is brought to my mind. And now, I fight with the word of God. When that fire is there, and I got, I Jesus, what am I about? What do I do? What do I do? If I get counsel, I get help. I'm not on my own, like I am in the mental realm. In the mental realm, I lean to my own understanding. I do my best, but my best was never good enough. 
That's why I needed Jesus, right? Amen. So I can do, oh, I can fight and fight and fight, but I'm beating the air. Mm-hmm. Amen? Whereas mm-hmm. when I go to Jesus, when I fight in the spiritual realm, I am fully clad in the armor of God. I speak the word of God. I have the shield of faith. Now, I would like to say this, that when I talk about the shield of faith, now do you know that the shield of faith, I have to pick it up. I have to activate it. And that shield of faith, what is it? Faith comes how? By hearing the word of God. So did you know Joyce Mayer said in the teaching that you believe what you hear your own voice say more than what you believe somebody else say? So now, all of this is attacking me. I speak forth the word. I say, no, this is not unto death. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. No, it's not true that nobody loves me. For God so loved the world, that includes me. If God Almighty loves me, who do I have to worry about? I am not. And that is now where these fire redoubts fall to the ground. But it's the word that's my shield. If I fight barehanded, it hits my heart. It hits my heart. It penetrates my being. And I'm helpless. We have got to learn to wise up in the fight. We are not alone. We do not have to fight this battle alone. We were not designed to fight alone. Jesus provided everything from before we were even born, before we were even brought into this world. So let's take advantage of what has been given us. Let's get strong in the word. Let's be strong in our knowledge. Let's not remain ignorant. Let's not be unlearned in the word of God. Let's take advantage of when we have church. Let's take advantage of when we have life group. Let's take advantage when we have a quiet moment. Maybe you have to go for an appointment and you end up waiting five, ten minutes. Did you bring a Bible? Study it. Read it. Did you memorize something? Did something jump out at you? Did you go back? Did you meditate on it? Think more deeply, why did that jump at me? What is God speaking to me? And oh, why am I not forget it? Did you write it down? Did you memorize it? Did you put it in your heart? That's how you grow strong. That's how we grow strong. This should never be away from us. We should always, some of us may have it on the phone, but use it. Use it like, you know, it's not enough for me to have a Bible here on the outside. I need to have a Bible here. Amen. On the inside, in my heart. Because you know, somebody might come and whoop, switch my Bible. And if there's nothing on the inside, then I'm done for. I, I need that word to get in my heart. We memorize with the children, but we ourselves ought also to commit that word to memory. And I have found that when I attempt to memorize, many times I go for a walk and I have a little book, I think I've showed that little book before, where I write down memory verses. But then I then go and say, okay, I'm gonna memorize this. 
That is when I really begin to meditate. Because then the Lord begins to open up. And I go, wow, I want to look into that. This is awesome. I wonder about that. And you could, that's a way to get deeper. And you know, that's what meditation means, to ponder or think upon more deeply. And then with that, my, my understanding begins to get opened up because I realize there's so much more than just this one liner that I was trying to memorize. There's such, so much more deeper meaning to it. But that's how you grow strong. And that's how the enemy is not going to be able to take advantage of you because you are not ignorant. Now you know. And you didn't hear it from, oh, if I remember right, I think JB said, what said what he said? Did JB really say? No, it's in your heart. You heard. Amen? Amen. Not to say we shouldn't listen to JB. We definitely should. But it, we need to make it our own. Amen? So, like, if we will do that, then we will be triumphant in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Jesus will always, when you abide in him, you have a responsibility. And what does it mean to abide in him? Who is he? He is the word. That means that your mind, your thoughts are in the Word. Amen. You're not outside the Word thinking contrary thoughts to the Word. Your mind is in line with the Word. So in Christ, when you abide in your heart and mind, in His Word, you are triumphant. You are victorious. Amen? Amen. And it says you are a world overcomer. First John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our what? Who knows? Faith. faith. Our faith. Because faith is what causes us to act. Now my shield of faith, if I didn't believe that the word of God was strong and powerful, why would I hold it up against the enemy? But I believe, and therefore I speak, therefore I hold up that shield of faith. Amen? Amen. And did you notice, therefore we speak. You know that for you to really use the word, it must be spoken forth. We have to release it. Like the enemy shoots a fiery thought at you, a thought into your heart, right? How do you answer a thought? With a word. You know, if you're thinking, 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 you can't stop thoughts from coming. The only way is by speaking out loud. Like, we've often done this exercise where you come to ten, and when I point at you or say your name, you speak your name. The counting stops. You can't, you can't keep counting and speak out your name loud at the same time. So the way we overcome the enemy is that we quote, we answer that fiery doubt. That fiery doubt told me nobody loves me, nobody likes me. I answer that 
I say John 3.16 tells me that God loves me so much that he gave Jesus Christ to die for me. Don't tell me nobody loves me. He loves me. Amen. 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 Or whatever it is. But this is now also <coughs> why we need to know the word. The word is our shield. But if you don't have any word, it's like you have no shield. It's your shield. It's your protection. Amen. It's what you hide behind. Right? But if you don't know, then you have no shield. You need to get equipped. You need to put on that whole armor of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we are, we are triumphant. We are world overcomers. And we are more than conquerors. Romans 8.37 Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved him, loved him, loved us. It's through him. We saw the two arenas. In the mental arena, I will be overcome. I am beat. That's why I needed Jesus. But in the spiritual arena, through him, I overcome. Amen. 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 I have backup, strong backup, and that's how I overcome. Amen. Amen. So, do you know that the enemy knows all this? So, the enemy knows all of this. He knows that if I fight in the spirit, he's got no chance. He's beat. Right? So that is why he constantly, it's a constant pull, a constant draw. He's constantly trying to get me into the mental arena. What does that mean? He's constantly trying to get me to lean to my own understanding. He'll try to tell me, but there's no word that you can stand on in this situation. Mm. But there's a word we can stand on in every situation, mm. right? Mm. But he's going there's not, there is no help for you in God. You know, he, there's no word for that. And this is a unique situation to you. He'll do anything to try to get you, oh, I have got to find the answer. I have got to fight this battle on my own. But it is not the truth. It is not the truth. Be not deceived. Amen? Amen. Be not deceived. Be not trapped. Be not ignorant of his devices. This word here has the answer to everything we need. This word here is our shield. When the fiery darts are shot at us, and they will be. It's never going to stop. As long as we are in this world, the enemy is going to do his damnedest to shoot us down. But he will not be successful if we are well armed. Amen? And that's why we need to be not ignorant. We need to study so we can defend ourselves, fight the good fight of faith. What time is it? Amen. And what time do I stop? One or two <laughs> He's a good counselor. This is awesome, awesome. Oh. <clears throat> so, let me just see. 
So the, in Ephesians 4.4, 4, we are told to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, the new man includes the mind of Christ, mm. right? So Proverbs, yeah, says, uh, I had a scripture that told us we have the mind, yeah, here. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It does not say that we are going to get the minute you are born again. You are given the Holy Spirit. You are given the mind of Christ. Amen? Amen. So, so. And it says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's, so that is just to, we really need to put on that new, mind, new man. We really need to use the mind of Christ, which would be the mind of the word. Amen? Amen. And then 1 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. If you are fearful, is that a sound mind? No. no. So when you are fearful, you know what it actually indicates when we are fearful? It indicates that we actually believe that in this particular situation, the enemy is stronger than God. We are actually giving credit to the enemy that he just might succeed more than God. But do you know who is it up to how the battle turns out? It's up to me. Am I fighting here in the mental arena or am I getting in the spiritual arena where I don't fight by myself? I listen to the Holy Spirit. I use the word of God as my shield, right? Mm -hmm. So the outcome of the battle is not up to God. It's up to me. Am I learning to fight the good fight of faith? It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto also you are called. What is a good fight of faith? What is a good fight? A good fight is the fight I win. A good fight is not the one I'm beaten to a pulp, bleeding, hurting. That's not a good fight. The good fight for me is the one I win. So we are told to win, to fight the good fight. Fight in the spirit. Use the word of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Amen? And you will win. Because why? Because actually Jesus, the enemy, the enemy is already defeated. I don't have to defeat the enemy. Jesus had to defeat. He had to go all the way to hell and back. I don't have to do that. That's already done. I just have to maintain what is mine. That's all I have to do. And I don't have to do it by myself and in my own strength. I do it with his help, his strength. Amen? Amen. So a sound mind, do you know that a sound mind is worth stealing? The enemy wants to steal a sound mind. He, he comes against a sound mind because there's power. There's power in a sound mind. When I think according to the word, I am full of boldness, full of conviction because it's not my opinion. 
It's not my strength. It's his word, his opinion, his strength. And therefore I can be bold. Therefore I can have conviction. Amen? Amen. So, but, and so I spoke before that when we get fearful, when we give in to the spirit of fear, we are actually giving in to the belief that the enemy just might come get us. He just might. This is now the, the, the battle in which we are going to lose, right? Is that a, that's a sound mind? No, that's not a sound mind. So, but what does that do? If I think like that, oh, I'm actually opening myself up to the enemy. Jesus repeatedly said, fear not, because when you fear, you actually give an entrance to the enemy, because you're lining up with the enemy. Fear is of the enemy. Whenever we line up with the ways of the enemy, the actions of the enemy, we are opening ourselves up to the enemy. Never do that. So never give your mind over to troubling thoughts, anxious thoughts, fearful thoughts. Recognize immediately when that anxious, troubling, fearful thought comes. Run to Jesus. Run to the Word. Say, Lord, help me. What word can I stand on? And if you really can't find the word, watch up somebody. Help what word would you use for this? Mm. Or Google? We all, nowadays, basically, we all have access to Google. But there's always a word for our defense. Amen. There's always a word. Because Jesus is the deliverer. He yes. left no opening for the enemy. Yes. None at all. So don't ever think that there's nothing that covers you. He covers you in every single situation. Amen? Amen? You are not alone. So don't choose the mental arena. Don't choose to fight here barefisted. Get in the spiritual. Get where the help is and abide there. Stay there. Keep your mind there. That is actually where it all starts. Get your mind there. When you speak about abiding Christ, your mind only thinks according to the word of God. It doesn't give room for the enemy, neither give place to the devil. And do not be ignorant of his devices. Why do we study till the day we die? Because there's so much to learn. So, 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 so much to learn. Amen? So when I talked about the shield of faith, we know that that is mentioned in Ephesians 6.16. Taking... Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So in other words, there is not one single thought that you cannot quench with the right word of God. All the fiery darts of the devil. Amen? And if you feel that you're just learning to fight and you're not sure, ask somebody. Ask somebody that you think would know, right? Ask somebody. Because we are here for each other, we are a body. You know that, for example, a chain is no stronger than the weakest link. It can be all strong, strong, and then there's that one rusted, rusted link that you pull and broken. So we are here to build each other. We are in it together. Yeah. None of us are stronger than the weakest of us because we are a body. 
So we want to be there for each other. So let's let each other in and let's help one another. Amen? Amen. Okay. So they actually, oh yeah, the, the only thing I wanted to end on was this one thing. So remember now the importance of saying, speak, because it's not released if you just think it. It's by speaking it that you release it, right? But how many of you have seen the movie The War Room? Have you seen the movie The War Room? Yeah? So like in this movie, this woman, She's about to lose her marriage, with it she'll lose her house, maybe her children, da 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 da, everything, her whole life falling apart, right? Mm -hmm. Until she meets this elderly woman that begins to minister to her faith. But long story short, she begins to fight in the word and prayer. Yeah. And all, every single thing is restored unto her. But had she not learned to fight in the word of prayer, she would have surely lost it all. Amen? So this is what we need to do. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen? You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.